This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The reason I'm prepared for this position is because I've been preparing for this all my life. Our goal is to compete and, and really put a fun team on the court that really gets after it. T-minus 15 seconds, guidance is internal. We're very talented. I mean, we go out there and compete at a high level and give a lot of effort, we could be a good team. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What is up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join myself and the Athletics' Ali Kambijani each week live to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show of course at Locked On Rockets as well as at Apollo HOU and joining us on Locker Room as he does each and every week is the X's and O's man himself the Athletics Ali Kambijani what's up Ali Khan how you doing tonight hey guys hey Jackson thanks for having me on again this week and uh, um, it's I know we only have about 10 to 11 games left this season it's been a rough rough uh, <laughs> regular season to say the least uh, for Rockets fans, but you know you guys are almost there. Uh, a lot of good things to look forward to um, the rest of the season heading into the offseason as well. Absolutely, and one of those one of those bright spots, one of those things that we have uh, been able to enjoy this season, except for the uh, 17 games that he missed, was none other than Christian Wood, who has uh, been pretty dominant as of late, uh, most recently posting 24 points, 18 rebounds against the T Wolves. Granted, the game came up you know a loss now depending on how you look at things you might be you know pumping your fists in the air saying hell yeah more Rockets losses let's uh be the worst team in the NBA uh hashtag favorite all that great stuff but they are gonna finish bottom three regardless so seeing them pick up some wins would be nice it was a relatively competitive game until the final few minutes where turnovers kind of took their toll on the team but Christian Wood had some commentary post game that we want to run back for you guys right now so let's go ahead and do that um, it's just me having a, a chip on my shoulder. Um, and, you know, I just want to show fans that by the time this contract's up, I believe I think I'm going to be a max player. And I honestly, I honestly believe that. So I just have to go out every game and play with a chip on my shoulder. And um, I know I know guys see it and I just have to carry that on to the next season. And, uh, you know, bearing God, God willing, you know, no injuries. I think next season is going to be even better and I'll be even better. So that was Christian Wood talking post game, talking about being a a max player. And Alicon, he has progressed a lot this season, don't you think? In just you know from where he started the season at to where he is now, having to overcome the ankle injury and just you know the way that he's developed his game. Uh, you know, I, I think that he has a chance to be that max player that he thinks he want that he thinks he can be. Yeah, you know, and just just. Uh... Heads up to all the Rockets fans. I'm working on something on Christian Wood um, and, and how he's grown as a player and how the Rockets are using him. So look for that uh, coming soon. Uh, but, you know, you're absolutely right. He has grown up a lot, not only as a player, but also as a leader of this team. You know, one thing that we've had a chance to talk to Steven Salas about is um, Christian Wood's growth as somebody who's not just so much worried about himself or his singular play but how his play reflects on others and how he's become one of the leaders of this team, or as he likes to say, 
one of the heads of the snake. And so w- w- when it comes to his when it comes to his games, whenever they lose a close game or whenever he has a bad night, the first thing he says is he has to be better and he has to hold himself accountable so he can put his teammates in a better position to succeed. And that's you know that's something that as a coach you obviously want to hear from your star player. Now from from a play and on the court perspective, he's definitely grown a lot. I think the biggest thing and his biggest area of maturation for me is his comfort level and understanding his role. You know, when you come here and you become a starter and all this responsibility is told on you, it's up to you as a player to really reflect on that and put forward, you know, good play on the court. And he, he's really done that. Um, and, and the Rockets have really started to trust him in the positions where he's comfortable in. Just to kind of mention a few of those areas, pick and pop, rim running, attacking on isolate, uh, attacking through isolations on switches, running quickly in transition. You know, he's figuring out where he can be the most successful. And without having to do too much by himself, he's averaging 20 and 10. So that's exactly what you want to see from a young player like that who's growing into this role. Somebody who's allowing his game to, to blend in with the style of the play the coaching staff wants to do. And he's not having to be a burden to anybody else. He's allowing his game to complement everybody else. I think one of the things that I noticed and kind of spoke about a little bit, and hopefully you can uh, expand upon this a little further, you know, we've kind of discussed, you know, potentially the need for Christian Wood, or or you've highlighted, right, you know, people have said he doesn't have a go-to move, and you've hi- highlighted, well, his go-to move is kind of that that pump fake and drive from the three-point line and really getting into the teeth of the defense that way and creating uh, good opportunities in the paint for himself off the bounce. But I, I think in this game against the, the Wolves, I kind of noticed that the Rockets were utilizing it felt a bit more running some sets and some concerted effort to really get him the ball kind of in that like 15 to 18 foot range. Um, yes. Kind of starting with his back to the defender. And then he was able to face up his defender afterwards. And I really felt that with him being in that position, a bit closer to the basket, not all the way out of the three-point line, and being in that triple threat stance gave him a lot more a lot more effectiveness when it comes to attacking uh, you know, a slower big like Carl Anthony Towns. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think I want to highlight something somebody here in our live session is saying. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne's, Dwayne mentions he needs to work on a counter move. And I think that's going to come this offseason. He understands what he needs to do. He has that go-to move. But when they are, you know, doubling him and zoning off that right side because he really likes to isolate on that right, you know, block, that right, you know, mid-range area, he has to be able to have a go-to move, whether that's a spin or using his left hand to do something, he's going to start to work on it. You are seeing him work on that pregame, just kind of working on different moves using his hands. Uh, but you're absolutely right. You know, once once you are a good player and enough of, and you have enough of, uh, enough game tape on you, defenses start figuring out what are your go-to things and put it on the scouting report. Once that happens, and it's already happening for Christian with this season, he has to come up with counters. And I think you're going to see that a lot, especially into the offseason, the next season. What can he do when defenses start throwing doubles at him, even whenever he has those mismatches, and also when they take away that right side? And in addition to kind of just the different ways that they were looking to get Christian Wood started offensively, kind of going to him more so directly in this one, uh, he facilitated at a pretty solid level. He had five assists. Uh, against the Wolves and it really felt like he was you know kind of surveying the floor and and kind of passing out of some of these these drives and you know just looking a bit more comfortable 
uh, in that role as essentially right the the focal point, the engine of the offense, where everything's kind of not everything, but a lot of it was running through him for stretches of the game specifically, and then you know creating for his teammates out of those opportunities. Yeah, and, and, you know, for, for him in, in his growth as a playmaker, it's going to come down to the ability to read that secondary help defender before. He, basically, what I'm trying to say is, whenever you are on a low block and you're not, and you're in isolation, once you start taking three or four dribbles, that's a cue for that help defender to come over and double. He has to be ready for that because he likes to take his time. He doesn't have that quick. He doesn't have that size yet or that strength enough yet. He likes to use his quickness, and so he has to know and he has to be able to time effectively. Hey, somebody's coming over to help. I have to be able to pass it out to somebody else and get the ball movement. You know, we he saw that he had the assist numbers against Minnesota, but I think you know since the second half of the season and you know after the time he had off, you can see his vision improve and he's had a lot more hockey assists where he's made the pass that's less that that has led to the pass or the extra pass. And that's been a great thing to see from him. I've got one area that I want to comment on about Christian Wood, uh, an area of, of personal growth that I want to see out of him, uh, as well as we're going to talk about the ball movement that we saw in this game uh, and kind of uh, at least my reasoning for why the ball movement looked pretty good. And those of you in the chat can probably guess what I'm going to say uh, is my reasoning for that. But we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com. Now, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, which isn't exactly fair, right? Uh, RockAuto.com has, like, their prices are always the exact same. They don't they don't move their prices up and down, uh, you know, based on what the market's going to bear, kind of like what airlines do. And they've got everything in stock from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even brand new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything that you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure, this is the really important part, be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, chatting by way of the Locker Room app with the Athletics' Ali Kambijani as we do each and every week, just doing it on a slightly different day, not Tuesday night this week, doing it on Wednesday night, so there is no Michelob Ultra Player of the Week on this one. Uh, So all of you in the chat who are uh, potentially disappointed about it, uh, let's go go, Ali Khan with Christian Wood. I need to see him work on his his handle. He has a very loose handle, and there are, have been multiple times this season that we've seen him get ripped very cleanly uh, because he just puts the ball way too far out in front of him when he's you know making his move uh, off the bounce. And that comes with being a big, you know, that that comes with being a big when you're going to have to work on making getting a tighter handle. I think when you have that tighter handle, he's going to be a lot more effective, especially on those isolations but i will i will push back and say that he does still have a handle that's better than most other bigs in the league because he's so good at close us and that's one of the areas where uh, we were highlighting you know where he's found his comfort level or his comfort zone in the half court that is closeouts teams are valuing him as an elite shot maker from three and even if you believe that or not he is somebody defenses are worried about from the perimeter. So when that happens, that they have those long closeouts 
or they're closing out to him kind of funky, he's really good at getting past them and getting inside the paint to either score for himself or pass it off, give a dump pass to somebody else. So I do agree with you, especially in those isolations where he's trying to use his size or his, sorry, his length or his quickness advantage. He needs to have a tighter handle. But I think he has a good enough um, of leverage already on closeouts where I don't think it'll be as hard for him to become better with his handle, especially in those isolations. Just for reference, Christian Wood is now uh, at 37.7% shooting on the year from behind the arc. So a very, very respectable percentage for him. And, and I do agree. I think that's kind of where I was highlighting is it's not necessarily off of those uh, closeout drives. Although we have seen that happen on occasion where he does go on a closeout drive and there's a help defender who's you know got a hand kind of you know laying in the weeds and, and Christian Wood not necessarily uh, seeing it or not noticing it quick enough. And you know the dribble is kind of out there and it might be away from say the defender who's you know actively checking him but it's still not a tight enough dribble to where you know a, a you know a lurking defender might be able to rip him you know fairly easily so i do think it's still something to potentially work on but it's you know a little bit further down the list on things now do want to talk about the ball movement in this game and if you guessed it in the chat um I think the ball movement looked really good because John Wall didn't play (laughs) and he didn't stagnate the Rockets offense with all of his isolation play. So, and I think things looked really fluid because of that. There was, you know, everybody kind of got their chance to, uh, you know, touch the basketball. There was a lot of motion. It felt like Uh, Kelly Olenek, Christian Wood, both finishing with five assists. We saw Jay Sean Tate uh, point forward Jay Sean Tate for stretches of this game. Even when Kevin Porter Jr. was out there, we still, Saw Jay Shantae kind of commanding the basketball and steering the offense a little bit. Uh, what do you have to say about that, Ali Khan? I want to push back on that. And I'm not, you know, just saying this from a pure, you know, you're my homie, saying that's just as a pure basketball perspective. John Wall is probably their best player at attacking mismatches and switches besides Christian Wood. And when you're a guy who is such a good, quick perimeter threat and bigs will switch on to you or, um, you know, you're able to have somebody you can beat off the dribble really quickly, you're going to take advantage of that. And so as soon as John sees a mismatch in front of him, he's quick to attack and create a two-on-one advantage, meaning there's two defenders on him. And that results in another player where his teammates being open for either themselves to score or to make a pass to somebody else. And John is really good at diagnosing those things. I think that's really important for this Rockets offense to have. Now, what the difference was between having John Wall there and yesterday there was there's a lot more movement and a lot more off-ball movement to have to come up with that. And that comes because you have two great bigs who can pass and be able to take advantage of mismatches. That's why you saw Christian Woods and Kelly Lennox's assist numbers go up in these last few games where they're trying to quickly in transition or quickly off a screen and roll, take advantage of those mismatches to be able to make those passes out of double teams or things like that. With John Wall, you have the added benefit of having a guy who's a perimeter player who can not only get passed by his guy and go to the rim and score, but kind of settle in and attack and score in the mid-range as well. And so... I don't want to say I don't want to agree with you uh, necessarily that you know the ball movement was better because John Wall was out. I think the ball movement was better because they, they attacked it a different way, and Kevin Porter Jr. tried his absolute best to kind of stay and keep the offense organized. But that has nothing to do um, with John Wall or what negatives he may bring. 
and I guess one of my takeaways from this is, and, and I, I do agree, right? When John Wall is being, you know, I guess the the best version of himself, um, he does create those advantages for the team. I 100% agree with that, right? And I, I know that there's plenty of jokes to be had about Tank Commander John Wall, and you can feel some kind of way about him, all of this. You know, when he is playing to the best of his abilities, his, you know, solid game, which we've seen him, you know, we've seen him have some really solid games in a Rockets jersey. He's absolutely capable of that, but it feels like there's times when he does take, you know, essentially, you know, ill-advised, you know, long twos, early shot clock threes, um, you know, situations that don't necessarily, you know, you talk about, I guess, the, the ball movement coming out of a place of necessity to generate those advantageous opportunities for the Rockets. And I guess when John Wall's out there, it's almost like having in a way, a sort of a safety net where if the team isn't yes. able to generate something, then they just think, oh, well, you know, eight seconds left on the shot clock, we're just going to dump it to Wall and hopefully he can get something done, which is in a way, it's unfair for John Wall to be put in those predicaments where then he's expected to create something out of nothing at the tail end of a possession. But I do think that sometimes those, you know, I guess a creating out of necessity does make the offense look a little bit more fluid when he's not out there is kind of where I come away from it with. Yeah, and, and I completely get that. I think now is a great chance for Kevin Porter Jr. to kind of learn how to settle down in offense and run an offense, especially by himself, because he's going to get a lot of opportunity next season with John Wall, possibly Larry Gordon, kind of having to run that show for the second unit. It's a good chance for KPG to get that experience. But even then, when it comes to John Wall, he is so important to what this team does offensively. You know, this is not had to do with the court, but I just want to bring these things up. You know, he's so important to this locker room and to this coaching staff. He has a great relationship with Steven Silas. There was so many times I can tell you being there at Toyota Center last night where I saw Steven Silas and John Wall talk during the game where Steven would kind of walk over to where John was sitting on the bench. They would have a conversation about something on the court. And then, you know, possibly maybe Steven Silas was implementing that. You know, and they have, they, they have a great two-way relationship with John says things, Steven says things, to kind of put things together. On top of that, John is always talking to his teammates. Every time we ask about John Wall um, to any of his teammates, they always bring up how important he is to their understanding of the game, especially these younger players. So you can't discount that. And, and, and even just on the court, going back to my point, he's so important to kind of getting this offense settled into the right play and what they want to run. Yes, there are times, and I will admit, there are times where he is going so, so fast trying to get to the, to, to the rim or gets the paint. Then he throws up a shot because he's so he, he's going so fast he can't slow down and get a, get a good look uh, towards the rim. Or there are possessions where you know he's so adamant about taking advantage of a mismatch that he perceives that he kind of goes in and takes a jumper that will lead to a transition break for the opposing team. There are there are things like that, but you live with it because you know that John Wall is the leader of your team. He is that head of the snake. All players kind of yield to him in those situations. And he is somebody who can settle down your offense. Now it's up to everybody else, including that Christian Wood, Kelly Olenek, these veterans, and, and to help KPJ kind of help settle down the offense, but get shots going, get movement going, using their vision, using their off-ball movement um, to kind of create offense. I want to follow up with one more point on this uh, John Wall discourse, and we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. Uh, NBA's going strong. Playoffs right around the corner. Not for the Rockets, unfortunately. Uh, and you can track all that action over at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go. NFL Draft is on. And the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline and use promo code LOCKEDON to sign up for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball by way of the locker room app, chatting with Ali Khan Bijani. Now, Ali Khan, you're talking about John Wall being the leader of this team. And I, you know, I think that, you know, as, as an outsider looking in, you know, even even for the you know even if you're in Toyota Center all that there's only so much that you can see right now with with you know how separated things are with the you know the Zoom conferences and everything being remote and all this so you know and there's only so much that you'll ever truly know about the inner workings of the locker room but there have been multiple occurrences on the court with just body language and signs and displays of you know frustration from you know Christian Wood directed more or less towards John Wall now are these you know do you think these are overblown to an extent or do you think there's some legitimacy there because there's just been it just feels like there's a potentially uh brewing storm maybe between John Wall and Christian Wood uh or is this just completely overblown by me it, it is it is overblown there are situations where Christian was like no give me the ball I have and this much I want to take advantage of, then John Wall's like, no, I think I can do it. That happens during the course of the game. I think the situations where you posted a video about last night, I distinctly remember after that happened, they spent the fourth quarter together on the bench talking to each other, sitting next to each other, and they were kind of vibing. And so, you know, that happens during the course of the game where both of those guys are the alpha, are the alpha players on their team. They feel that they can get the shot they want to, they can get their teammates in the shot that they need to get their teammates into. And you're going to have those struggles in, in terms of that balance. Um, and, and they're still learning how to play together. And remember, both of them have not been healthy together for a good part of the season. And it's it's a learning adjustment to have both a dominant scoring big and then a guy like John Wall who can both score and kind of facilitate for his teammates as well. Uh, and, and so I, I think it is overblown. And I think the outside perception of what the Rockets think about John Wall is different than what the Rockets actually think about John Wall. Okay, I can and I can respect that answer, and I and I think that, um, you know, again, just trying to look at things, you know, from trying to kind of understand some of the the inner workings of why there's you know potentially frustrations or why things uh, look a certain way on a game by game basis. You know, it's tough, but you're right; they haven't had a whole lot of reps together, um, and hopefully, they have an off season to work on it. Uh, depending on what other dominoes fall for this Rockets team, which speaking of dominoes and and guys who. Uh, potentially maybe on the move or uh, maybe kind of questioning their role on this team. Ali Khan, let's spend a moment. Let's talk about Daniel House Jr., who mm-hmm. finds himself in a really precarious situation where, you know, he was a starter on this team, you know, playing alongside James Harden and Russell Westbrook was an integral part of this team, so much so that the team folded uh, after his shenanigans in the bubble because of his absence. And like now he finds himself 
you know, taking a backseat to a starting front court of Jay Sean Tate, Kelly Olenek, and Christian Wood. He's got one more year on his deal. It's a very team-friendly contract. He's a very serviceable 3 and D wing, uh, a plus defender in this league. I don't know where his future lies with the Rockets. I don't know if they, you know, potentially, or if Rafael Stone potentially views him as like a a sweetener in a trade deal, uh, potentially this summer or at the next trade deadline. Um, I don't know if they view him in their long-term plans because he's not quite the same age range as the... Uh, the young core, so to speak, that 25-year-old kind of timeline for Christian Wood and Jay Sean Tate. He's a little bit older than that, but he's not, you know, he's not on the wrong side of 30. So what do you think about Daniel House Jr. and his kind of fit with this Rockets team moving forward? So he's 28 years old. Or sorry, he will be 28 years old heading into next season. He is somebody who the Rockets like. And I'll bring up the point um from this past trade deadline, there were many teams. Um, I, I don't want to use the word many too freely. There were teams who called the Rockets and asked on the availability of Danny House. And obviously the Rockets are going to hear everybody and, and things like that, but they, they chose not to trade him because they like Danny House. They think he can be a great piece for them moving forward. I think he's somebody who's not just a 3 and D wing who can knock down a three. He's, which is the reason why without John Wall, he'll be, ideally starting is because he can rebound effectively. He can play defense on opposing guards, but he's actually one of the best shooters on the team. He's worked really hard on that. But more importantly, he's growing into a role where he can bring the ball up the floor and get the offense into the possession or into the action it needs to be. That started with Mike D'Antoni being here. They kind of worked with him on that um, last season. And now this season, especially with all the time he had um, off and everything, he's worked on improving his dribble his ability to make reads, um, and his, his vision and, and, as, and a passing ability. And I think he is a lot more of a secondary ball hammer than he was when he first came here to Houston. So with that being said, he's a great thing, a great piece on a great contract. And you don't give any, anything like that up unless you get great, um, you get a great return from an opposing team. But even then, he will be somebody who can you can rely upon. He's always usually healthy. He you know, he plays super hard. And I think with the, with the size disadvantage the roster currently has, maybe that changes heading into the offseason and after the offseason. But he's such a good rebounder and a plus defender for you that I think it would be a major mistake if you let him go. I guess the other component of it is just mentally, is Daniel House Jr. comfortable accepting a bench role after being a starter, right? Because I don't see, he, he's not going to overtake Jay Sean Tate. He's not going to overtake Christian Wood. And it's still kind of TBD what direction the organization goes with Kelly Olenek this summer, although he's played out of his freaking mind as a Rocket. And I can very easily see them bringing Kelly Olenek back, you know, even if it's just on, you know, a one plus one deal with like a really bloated front end contract or something uh, instead of something potentially more long term so that they can preserve their flexibility moving forward. Uh, whatever that contract may look like, uh, he's not going to overtake Kelly Olenek in the starting five. So mentally, is he OK kind of taking that backseat role? Uh, well, and that's something that we're just kind of speculating at. Well, no, well, you know, I've had a chance to get to know Daniel, um, you know, in the locker room these last few seasons. He is somebody who doesn't really care about role as more about doing what he can to support his team and help them win. Um, and, and, you know, he ha he's he's someone who works really hard on his game. He thinks that he can grow into a much better player as he gets more experience in the league. He's always working at Toyota Center with John Lucas. He's always working with his personal trainer. I mean, he's doing a lot of things to make sure that he can be put in 
uh, position himself to succeed. And you're seeing that the way Steven Silas used him early in the season and the way, when, when he's played without injury. And so I really do think that he will be somebody who gets significant playing time, especially in the rotation moving forward. He is good at a start, as a starter. I think that question that we used to have um, among, you know, is it better to start Aaron Gordon or Daniel House? I was always in that Daniel House camp. I thought it was better for the Rockets to always start Daniel House. Likewise. I still think, I, I still think, you know, next season, yes, the way Jay Sean's played, it may be better to start him, especially if you're going with two bigs like Olenek and Wood or whatever the case would be, whatever happens. But Daniel House can play in any position to be successful. And so I don't think that will be an issue for this team. All right. Well, before we wrap up the official podcast and roll into our Locked on Rockets after dark, we got to get the GOAT himself up here, uh, Don. What's up, Don? How's it going? Okay. So my question this week is, you you kind of touched on it just a second ago, but so if they were to bring Kelly Olenek back next season, what do you think the range of the contract would be? And secondly, if – the Rockets pick were to fall to two and they were to draft Mobley. How do you think that would affect their willingness to bring back Olenek? Do you think that would affect the contract they'd be willing to give him or even the willingness to bring him back in general? I think Mobley absolutely impacts that decision. And this is, it's kind of like one of those, I don't want to drop a cop-out answer because it feels like, you know, so much hinges on what happens in the draft and, and, you know, whether or not they retain the pick, who they draft with said pick, if they retain it, all of that. But, you know, looking at Kelly Olenek and what he provides to this team um, and how he meshes with Christian Wood in the front court, um, I actually talked about this probably a week or two ago with Anthony Duckett and Anthony lowballed and said that he would go as high as, you know, he would only be comfortable going up to say about twelve million per year on a Kelly Olynyk deal. Um, I went a little bit higher than that. I'd be comfortable giving Kelly somewhere in the, I'd say, three to four years, fifteen million a year, um, like legitimately, because I don't think that's an albatross contract for what he provides to a team, and it kind of gives you one of those, like in a way, sort of a mid-tier salary um, to kind of package in a potential future trade deal. Uh, and again, he's a shooting, he's a big that can shoot and play make and defend at a, at a moderately, you know, serviceable level. Um, there's going to be a team out there that might want him further down the line if the Rockets decide to move on from him. But that's my, my take on that. Ali Khan. Yeah. One thing that you know, I'm sure you guys have learned is about Kelly Olenek, especially the last few weeks. And we've talked about it here on Locked on Rockets phone room is the switch and the role reversal for Olenek and Wood defensively. Okay. And what I mean by that is Olenek has been the one defending fives and bigger players, and Wood has been the one def- coming from the weak side, defending perimeter players, getting involved, uh, you know, on, on that end. It's it's clearly improved Wood's ability to impact the boards and kind of spark the transition where he's been bringing the ball up a lot more himself. I'm sure you guys have seen this stat too that was discussed probably in the broadcast, but Christian Wood has had two straight games of 18-plus rebounds, which hasn't been done um, by Rockets as a Kim Olajuwon in 1993. And so w- when you're looking at the impact that he's having on the board, I think that has a lot to do with his on-court partnership with Kelly Olenek in, in, in terms of how Olenek has been able to kind of stay, for the most part, really well with these bigger players and these, and these stretch fives. Um, and, and so I do think that he is somebody that the Rockets do hope to keep. Steven Silas has not been shy about saying how much he really enjoys having Kelly Olenek here and coaching him and 
having him part of this roster and his team as a leader. Uh, and, and so it would not surprise me if he's back. And I think it would surprise me, actually, if he's not back next season. Okay, great answers. You got anything else for us? Or you you you, fi- you fixing a bounce? <laughs> I think I may just go back to the regular room, but uh, that was that was it for this week. It's kind of been a like a not an uneventful week, but no, nothing too crazy has happened this week to kind of bring on a lot of new questions. Y'all covered most of the stuff that I was interested about in the first part. So, yeah, and, and on, on your question about Olenek, I'm going to be touching on that topic um, in, in my in my piece coming up soon on Wood, um, on on kind of what we've learned about Christian Wood. Um, in terms of how well he plays with different types of big, you know, how he played with DeMarcus Cousins, how he played um, uh, now with Kelly Olenek, how he plays by himself at the five. We're learning these things that's going to help, you know, and I'm sure the Rockets are learning these things with the line of beta that's going to help them make a better decision for how they want to pair him up with whoever they want to uh, move forward. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I'm going to go back to the regular room now. Appreciate it, Don. Thanks, man. All right. Well, with that, that is going to conclude the uh, regular portion of the show. But if you're here hanging out in the locker room, be sure to stick around for Locked on Rockets after dark. But really quick, you got to also check out Locked on Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all, all of the sports news that you need in just under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcast. But today's show is going to do it as always always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.